Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. There is so much more in you. There's a lot in you, Jenny. There's a lot There's in me. There's a lot. A lot yes, of feels. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of feels. <laughs> I love lot. that we opened the show with the biggest loaded questions you could ever Ooh. have. And then we're like, we're going to discuss this in under 40 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. You know, today's show is one of the most quintessential episodes of our why we do this podcast. I'm mm-hmm. learning how important this topic is of feeling all the feelings And it is literally shutting up so many personal shoulds in my life. I knew that we had to have an an episode to discuss this more. I knew that this was a valid conversation. And when we say to you at the top of the hour that you are going to want to revisit this one and you're going to want to share it, I believe that this could be a thought changer in everybody listening, including ourselves as we dialogue it. So. Everybody get your learning pants on because we're going to dive in and we're going to have some fun. And that is a feeling. So go ahead and let it flood you. Let's have some fun and let's start off with some stories. It is story time. We're starting right at the top of the hour. Jenny, I got to know, feelings are such a taboo topic in the church sometimes, right? Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. even you've grown up with some feelings that you, you've you had and expressed and they were like, hey, hey, keep that to yourself. Uh, but I want to ask you, this is a free space. This is a space where we shut those shoulds down. So uh, yes, has man. there ever been a moment that you would share with us for story time where you were like, yep, this is a moment where I was absolutely overwhelmed by feelings and I, I really didn't want to share it, but uh, I'm going to share it here. Okay. This is my free therapy, I guess, is what we're <laughs> leaning into. Um, yeah. So I'll try to find the words for it. So mm. I think in the beginning of our season, we kind of talked about why we took a delay or why we took some time off. And part of that was that I was going through some health stuff. And I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of reasons why we took, but this was a piece of the puzzle. Um, It kind of afforded me the space to get the help I needed and figure things out. But in the process of the last year and a half, there are a lot of different doctors. You know how what they find one thing and then they find another and then they're like, go see this doctor and go see this doctor and go see this doctor. Yeah, but and, I don't know how to deal with that, but they yeah. do. They you need a specialist. Yeah. 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 And then they're like, I'll heal. I'll help you heal this piece of the puzzle, but not this piece. So anyways, there are a lot of pieces of the puzzles mm-hmm. that needed healing or were red flags yeah. in my body, which resulted in like back to back consecutively having to get different biopsies and scan Mm -hmm. like I would do a scan, you know, you do a scan and then they'll be like, Oh, we need a biopsy. And, 
every time I'd be like, well, why are you, are you checking for this? And ev- the response for five in a row was you, it's probably nothing, but we're just making sure it's not a tumor or we're just making sure it's not cancer, or we need to do this to see if you have a rare blood cancer. And <laughs> enough of that, man. like, man, it got to the point where I would just like compartmentalize and like stop scheduling doctor's appointments and feel all the feelings. And there was this, yeah. the, the biggest one that I had was there, there was this question mark around blood cancer or rare blood cancer. And I got the biopsy. My mom went with me. She was so sweet. And we got milkshakes after like little kids and like me. Anyways, <laughs> whole thing. I was so thankful for her, but I went home and I was resting and my husband came home and he kind of was like, how was it? And I was like, it was fine. And I just started like sobbing. I went outside. We were in the driveway and I was just sobbing, Mm. like uncontrollable. Mm. And he's like, what's wrong? And just the weight of it all was like, what if I have cancer? And like, and he was like, but you don't like that. That test is inconclusive. You know, like let's put a bandaid on this and like, let's not think about it. And I, I was trying so hard to take control of the situation where I researched every potential cancer that I have. I feel like I'm an expert. Um, right. WebMD makes you really, really control happy it. with your feelings, right? <laughs> I was, oh, I was in all the forums on like Come discussing on. like symptoms and like, cause I had, if this was it, I'm right. going to go out and I'm going to know all the things and we're going to win this battle. But there was that moment where I just, it was out of control, all the what ifs, all the wondering. And it just Mm. was so much. And I just had to get it out and praise the Lord. Like some, everyone's story doesn't end where you don't have cancer and you're on the other side and there's still question marks, but all my biopsies were inconclusive. Nothing showed up, but there was just the, the, this underlining weight to all of that wondering and it made me feel out of control. And the feelings that I were having were one of two. I was either suppressing and compartmentalizing and let's not think about it. Or I was feeling all the weight and the feelings and the emotions to the point of I got to control this piece of it because I don't know mm. what else to do. So those were mm. my responses to those big old feelings. Mm. Mm. Just and I'm sure people can relate. I'm sure yeah, people yeah. are like, I have those what ifs and the wonderings and the. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I bet it felt pretty overwhelming. Um, as well, yeah. To not know uncertainty definitely. This is a big piece of what we're talking about today. Uncertainly, uncertainty definitely leads to um, emotional responses. It yes. it does. It does, and and large emotional responses. Yeah, crying in the driveway Ooh. with your significant other, trying to figure out life. Well, I just aired my dirty laundry. Yeah, you did. What, Thank you. What a- Thanks for that. Top of the yeah. hour. Yeah, let's go. You're like, here, let's ask this question. Let me ask you. Okay. If you have a story where you maybe dismissed or suppressed Mm. emotions or you Mm. were just like, I'm just going to fly right by this because I can't even, or you were crying in the parking Mm. lot. (laughs) Tell us your story, Candace. Right. I actually remember that the very first time that I was aware that my emotions were large. And this is why... In therapy, <laughs> you know, because you can have Jesus and a therapist. We say that all the time. Uh, that in therapy, this kind of was a, a memory that I'd, I'd, I'd even stuffed the memory of the feeling mm. so far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out recently, and I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, honestly, this was the first time I remember denying myself the ability to have large emotions. 
Uh, I was in seventh grade. Anybody just already compartmentalized oh, their memories of seventh grade? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, thank you. I'm out. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, when you have a child that's in seventh grade, it's like all of a sudden you start remembering things as you watch them come home from school. You're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. And so one of these days my daughter comes home from school and it wasn't a bad day for her, but it just triggered a memory in me. Um, I remember having a crush in seventh grade on this boy named Grant. I'm telling you, his hair blew in the wind in slow motion when he walked down the hall. (laughs) He had a theme song. He had a hunter green sweater vest with a polo shirt and khakis. Ooh, penny loafers with the penny inside. He was dressing to the nines. This this Candace was taken back. I was like, Lord, if there's one person in this world that would love me, that would be my first kiss. It's got to be Grant, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm telling you, I'm crushing hard. I'm writing his name in every notebook. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm literally thinking about my last name, changing it to his. It's <laughs> it's that seventh grade mentality that you yeah. you do, you know. Yeah, and of um. And so I, because of that, I always wanted to be an earshot away from him. I always wanted to see what is he like? What's he into? So I was in the hall in between classes and I hear him talking and I overheard him talking about me. <gasps> and so I am going to lean in and hide. Like I was like, oh, I got to know. What does he think? Is he telling everybody he's going to marry me too? And instead what he ends up telling his friends was, yeah, Candace, oh, she's so fat. She has more rolls than Mrs. Baird's bread. And his friends just laughed and laughed and laughed. And he laughed and laughed and laughed. And I had that that first initial feeling of a pause where you don't know what to do. Is this real life? Hmm. And I think let's acknowledge that. Sometimes we have that feeling where our stomach sinks and we think this numbness rushes in, like what just happened? And it leaves us paralyzed a little bit, almost to the point where I was like, surely he's not saying that about me. Is there another Candace? Is there another fat Candace? You know, I was like, I don't think there is. I think this is only me. And mm. then it became, uh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I ran to the bathroom. And I found a stall and I lifted up my feet like they do in the movie. So nobody could see my feet underneath, but it didn't matter because you would just hear, (laughs) you know, just the crying, the the tears that wouldn't stop. And, and some of y'all listening right now, you're like maybe crying with me in this memory. Um, But let me tell you what my, my response was. My response was not press into this. This is what falling in love and being brokenhearted feels like. Right. My response was dry it up, put your feet down, stand up and wash your face and go start making people laugh. Mm. And don't you ever, ever give your heart away that quick ever again. I mean, like I, I had these feelings that were so large and painful, but my response to those feelings partnered with creating a stronghold in my life that I would carry up until this day, even a few weeks ago, I just started chipping away at it. And I'm telling you, feelings became something that I wanted to dismiss 
and cast aside. And if I could just walk really fast through them, if I needed to endure them, then man, let's get through it really, really quick. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm telling you, feelings became my enemy instead of my indicator that something else was happening inside. And uh, that's really why we're doing this today. That's why we're sharing our stories. This is why we're having this story time to start off the show is because from that moment, it began setting up a pattern for me of how I would adjust and manage and control and manipulate my emotions when they rose to the top and rose Mm. to the surface. And I feel like so many people are in their life trying to do the same thing. Maybe they're unaware of it. And this is a valid conversation. Maybe you're not the kid that got made fun of with Mrs. Bear bread jokes, you know, Um, who would have thought that had been the one that landed it for me. But maybe you've experienced something that, you know, hey, this is this overwhelmed me. And because it did, I started making these choices behind it. We're going to jump into some uh, uh, major waters of, of conversation about this. But before we do. Let's just celebrate and highlight some things that are good. (laughs) Maybe get some levity at the top of the hour, celebrate with you, do some fun stuff first, and then get ready because I'm telling you, we want you to feel all the feels. Today, you should feel all the things. Won't you do it, y'all? Time and time again, won't you do it, y'all? So I'm feeling all the feelings behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, taking a deep breath and like, okay, we're doing it. <laughs> but in this segment, we're going to celebrate how God is using this show to make an impact. And don't forget, if you're loving Shut the Should, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. And if you're not following us on socials, we'd love to hang out over on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, our name is Shut the Should Up. We post over there and we'd love to get to know you as well. So here, Candace, do you want to read a comment you got through the socials. Sure. You know, sometimes we we highlight your reviews, but I wanted to highlight a comment today because we love getting your comments. This mm-hmm. is from um, somebody that's name, their username is Ginger for Life. So oh my I gosh, I couldn't that. figure it out because there were numbers and places and letters <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, G175. I'm like, what? But you translated that. Thank you. Ginger for Life. Um, she says, thank you for your daily encouragement. You are such a joy. Also, I listened to your podcast episode of Shut the Shut Up called I Should Identify the Pain. And you have no idea how much it spoke volumes to me. Thank you and thanking Jesus. And mm. these are the kind of things that we love to hear because we're not just doing this for ourselves. We're not just doing this so that we can hear ourselves repeat the same thing thoughts. We're doing it because we really do want to help you find freedom from the things that you tell yourself you should or shouldn't do. So thank you for that, Ginger for Life. We so appreciate that. And once again, I'm going to reiterate it. Go over there on our socials, follow along, leave us a comment. We're we're pretty good about commenting back and reaching back if we can. So we'd love to get to know you there. And uh, Jenny, for those of the people that are watching right now, I want to show you something do you see what I got in the mail? She's modeling Ooh. our merch, Ooh. our Shut the Should Ooh. merch. Okay. Hey, so, tell us about it. Tell us yes. about it. You're going to want to shut up your shoulds with our new merch, and you can visit our official merch store. Grab your own season four limited design. It's fresh. 
and fun. There's lots of colors. And by lots, I mean two, black, which is totally <laughs> my vibe, and yellow, which is Candace's modeling. It's beautiful and fun. And it's going to remind you to live a life full of finding freedom from all of those shitty little things. And I said, <laughs> shitty little things that we That's think right. we should be doing. So check it out on our website at shuttheshitup.com. Yes. Come on. It's a good day to be wearing a new shirt. Let's <laughs> go. I'm actually trying to find, we said what? And I like, cannot find go. it. Let's do Let's. it. Here we go. Come on now. What do we say? Yes. Hey, in season two, episode seven, just being honest, you're like, yeah. hey, haven't, haven't you guys talked a little bit about feelings before and feeling all the feelings? Well, we did. Uh, Jenny, remind us what episode yeah. was season two, episode seven. So we had on one of my pastors, Pastor Mark Schilling, and he talked about how you should respond to emotions like Jesus with you and not to shove them away in this present conversation. Yeah. And if you're wanting an additional resource, we're going to go ahead and before we jump into the main um, section of this, we said what to go back and listen. That's a great idea because Pastor Mark also brought a different maybe um, perspective and an angle to what we're talking about today. I feel like we're not expounding on what was said there. I just feel like there's growth between season two and season four. And now some of the things that were said in season two, I'm like, oh, and I've learned on I've learned this as well. And so we felt like this conversation needed to happen. Yeah. All right, Jenny, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to say true or false. And as you're listening, listeners, friends of the show, I want you to put true or false in the comments or just say it out loud in your car as you're walking along or driving along. Are feelings and thoughts separate or do they stay together? Oh, wow. We're going philosophical here. Yeah. Um, feeling, I, um, I think they are separate but can be indicators of one another. Yes. Yes. I do. That is a great way. We talk about philosophy. So here's the deal. Sometimes people, especially church culture, let's just go ahead and say it as it is. Church culture really likes to say this phrase that you can't trust your feelings or your feelings lie. Or maybe you've heard the phrase feelings aren't facts. You know, mm. I like, I like that one a lot. Feelings are not facts. Um, and then it's the whole classic, which came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> which came yeah. first the thought that inspired the emotion or the emotion that inspired the thought and so there's a lot of <laughs> i mean we're talking like resources upon resources upon resources books upon books upon books about feelings and thoughts and how they coincide together um but i believe something that is an easy pacifist thing that we can do is just put them together like you know when you get two colors of play-doh <laughs> and then yeah. you're like making these two separate awesome things. There comes a point where you accidentally mix them together a little bit. And then if you're like me, you're like, screw it. I'm putting them together <laughs> and they're going to go in one jar and they're making a new color. And I think for too long, we easily want to put facts and thoughts or feelings and thoughts together. Yeah. And say they are the same thing. When the reality is, is they complement each other or they actually kind of grind against each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's because they're meant to be separate. I, I think actually there are three things that we are made of. 
We are made of feelings. We are made of our thoughts and we are made of our behaviors. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if this is true, what I discovered going back to that story of suppress, deny your feelings became putting in action a thought that was negative from a negative feeling. And then I began to behave in a negative way. <laughs> so all those three things came into play. But what I've heard growing up in church, and maybe you've heard this as well, Jenny, stop me if I'm wrong, but hey, your feelings lie to you. They're a roller coaster. They're up and down. You can't trust them and you can't base decisions off of them. You can't base actions off of them. Have you heard that before? Am I, am I the only one? <laughs> I've heard it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. The thing that kind of made me want to jump into this conversation is that I don't know if that's necessarily truth. I think it happens regardless. Whether or not we can be intentional about it or not, feelings are going to formulate some sort of thought. We have to think about how we feel. Yeah. We have I, to. I think that statement, like um, push past your feelings, feelings are fleeting, feeling like ignore those feelings. That comes from, I believe, because people feel the feelings and then they take action before they properly process the why behind the feeling. Right? Slow golf clap. A hundred percent. Yeah. In in my growings up in the church, this is a should that I need to shut down. It's because I would hear, hey, you shouldn't even feel like that. Okay, wait a minute. If you want to set me off quicker than anything is tell me how I should feel. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there mm -hmm. a proper way for anybody to feel and control your feelings? Is right. there a proper or, way? Or telling telling a child, it's okay if they're like mm. crying because their favorite doll broke. Like, it's okay. And I've been, I mean, we've all said it, I'm sure. Mm. It's okay. Mm. It's all good. Or yeah, but like in that, that moment. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment, that child is deeply saddened. Their favorite toy is broken. Why do we have to speed by it? Because it's an inconvenience for the receiver that's sitting on the other side of that emotion someone else is expressing. Mm. Right? I Absolutely. I do believe that feelings are just this. They are indicators and responders. Think about when you cry in a commercial or you cry at something on a movie and you're like, why am I crying? Like, what, Where did that come from? And you yeah. have no control. It's not like you, your thought said, cry right now. Go for it. Muster up them tears. It's like something that's that's the beauty of feeling is that something within us responds. It just comes out. And that may be a beautiful feeling. It may be a negative feeling as well. But they respond. And not only that, their response becomes an indicator of something going on internally. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have tried to kind of put this box around feelings saying, okay, well, they're not facts and you can't trust them. Well, I do believe that they're not facts, but I also believe I can trust my feelings. I trust that my feelings are telling me something that I need to pay attention to, regardless what they are. Um, and I, I think this is where I'm rubbing a, a, an, and chafing against something that's going on with the Christian community. I've put out a couple of different posts on social media about this, and I either have people on one side going, yes and amen, mm -hmm. finally, yes, 
speak it, Sister Candace. <laughs> or I get paragraphs of people going, I don't want to argue with you. And I really do love you. But I think you're wrong here. I think you can't trust your feelings. And what if I told you, trust it, trust your gut, trust the emotions that come up. Trust when you feel sadness. Trust when you feel anger. Trust when you feel joy. Trust when you feel happiness. Trust when you cry. That something is going on that you need to think about. I don't think that our feelings tell us how to feel, to think about something. Let me say that again because I, I messed up on my words and I want to make it clear. I don't think that our feelings are telling us how to think about something. I believe that our feelings are telling us that we should think about something. Yes. So, see, I think because you're like, trust your feelings, and I'm like, no. See? See? And it, it immediately makes people go, nope. But, nope. no, no, no. Because it's your definition, I think, of trust. So if you're like, mm -hmm. trust, I can't think of an example. But if you're if you're saying trust something, that means... I'm going to put stake in that. I'm going to mm. put something on the ground and be like, this is where I'm going to land. I believe in this to be true. Right? Yes. So trust means you are, you are saying I align with truth because I trust it. Yeah. So if you're saying trust, trust Jenny's sadness in, as she was crying over the what ifs of cancer, trust that, that moment of sorrow and this desperation of wanting to know answers if I'm putting my trust in that emotional response that is coming out, I feel like it's limiting mm -hmm. what can be. Does that make sense? Exactly. So this is the rub that I'm finding out. I'm so glad you said this because this is where we need clarity and we're going to fight for clarity in this moment. Okay. What you just did is you jumped to an assumption in your thought. If I align with the, the feeling of sadness here, then I'm saying God's not capable of healing. If I align with the feeling of sadness here, then that means that my sentence is this, that I'm already not, saying. No, no, no. It's not no. aligning. It's trust. That's, it's the word trust that's throwing me off. Okay. I won't trust my feeling of sorrow and sadness. I don't trust that. But why? That's my big question is why is there not a pause to trust that feeling of sadness to lead because you to think? What does it make you think that you can't trust it? I I can here's how I would determine what I, I, I can see that feeling of sadness and sorrow. I can mm -hmm. see it. I can feel it, but I'm not going to trust it. Cause okay. for me, trust is something long-term, right? So I feel like if I'm trusting mm -hmm. that emotion mm -hmm. then I'm going to be camping out in that emotion and maybe it's just a language thing. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it's, a maybe semantics. we're saying the same thing, but it's some, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but keep going with your thoughts. Okay, so my thought is this. If if I trust something, I believe it's telling me the truth. So here's the deal. When I look at, and here is very much so the lens that I'm looking at so that we're not trying to draw any conclusions outside of it. I'm looking from my personal lens of suppressing, denying, dismissing, and invalidating emotions. Okay? So mm -hmm. through that lens, now I tell this emotion of sadness, nope. I can't have you because X, Y, or Z, God's greater. He's got me. I don't, I'm going to trust in him. He, his word's final. He, do you see what I'm saying? Like while right. all that feels thoughts, dismissive, right? Right. While all those yeah. thoughts are true about God, 
what I've done also in my mind, as I'm growing and learning about feeling my feels, all of my feels, is that I'm also saying in some way, God, you created this emotional response in me. However, I don't trust that you created it for my good. So I need to get past it really quick and just go to the place that's in my thoughts where I begin to put my anchor and my hope and my trust and all the things about my will in you. And it becomes denying something that he created in us as a response and an indicator to press into him. Like, I don't believe that my feelings lie to me. I actually think they are the greater truth teller. I think they say, regardless what you think about this, this is how you feel about it right now. So take that to the Lord. Take that. I love yes. this conversation because I can see your mind already spinning it's wheels. Some, it's words. It's the words. It's the word trust that's like making me spiral. I, You know I mm. ramble rant real hard. Come on. And there will not be truth in all those ramble rants. I'll step back and be like, why that? Why? Why? Why'd that work me up? And I'll take that feeling. And like you said, I'll take it to the Lord and be like, why'd I get rambled up over here? Why'd yes. I ramble real hard? What, yes. what was causing that emotion to come out of me? And a lot of, I teach people how to dream with God. And a lot of the indicators of <laughs> how we're supposed to step into our calling or what God has for us in a season comes from a place of passion and comes from Ooh. a place of what gets you fired up. What is, yeah. what are you feeling about certain things? And mm. Not always, but sometimes that passion indication can help you step into your God-given dreams. So I think for the word trust, I looked it up because I'm like, I need to do define it to this. It. Do it to Trust it. is a firm belief in the reliability, mm-hmm. truth, ability, or strength of someone or something else. Yeah. So if you're saying trust that my emotions, whatever response they may be, are our strength are strong and that it is where I put my truth in or my confidence. I don't think I have. Oh, see. Okay. So there's the semantic. Okay. I can define that confidence factor. So you said it's where I put my truth in. No, 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 no. What I'm saying you should trust about your emotions is that they are revealing truth of what's happening inside. Not that they are the truth about the situation. They're not the truth about what God says. Yes, I agree. 100% 100% I agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. But to, yeah. but here's the worry and concern that happens when you deny or you call your emotions false. You're basically saying, no, I don't feel sad about that. I, 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 feel, uh, I feel happy instead. And then you create an incongruent person that you're struggling against your whole life. Yeah. You're putting a Band-Aid on the pain. Or you're putting and you're creating this falseness. I don't trust that my feelings themselves are my answer or my logic. I don't trust that, but I trust that they are telling me the truth about a situation, about how I feel. And I trust that they are reliable, that they do tell me the truth. You're sad. You're sad in this moment. Don't try to pretend to be happy. You're angry about this. Be angry about that. Maybe it's a good, healthy anger. You know, the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It just says don't be angry um, and blow it. 
like Lisa Bevere had said in one of our past podcast episodes, yeah. she said, you can be angry, but just don't blow it while you're angry. You know, yeah. don't, yeah. don't give into that. The emotional responses that we have, I can trust them because God created them in me to be indicators and responders. The problem is, is that we say, oh, my, my emotions now will lead me into my behaviors. No, your emotions are to indicate, respond, get your thinking. And then that leads to your behavior. And some people either compartmentalize, push that emotion away. I'm not going to face it. Or yep. I'm going to about to road rage real hard because I'm responding from emotion rather than responding of taking that next step of logic and the next step of discernment and that Absolutely. processing why. So I think that's. And there's the mixed yeah. Plato. Yeah. And there's the mixed the mixed jar of the two things together that we do not know how to separate because we go, well, I feel this way. So I have to act that way. Or I feel this way. So I have to think that way, but I'm so excited about what we're going to get into with the actual scripture part of this, because I have had people DMing me scripture upon scripture upon scripture. And they're like, but wait a minute, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. And I really feel like there's some great scripture for us to dive into to separate the three of these our thoughts, our, our emotions and our behaviors. So if you're ready, I, I, I'm excited because, um, what the Bible says is actually going to give us some cure and get us out of this ramble. <laughs> so let's go. He said, Jenny, you're kind of like on the edge of your seat because you're allowing me to lead this conversation, really not knowing if we agree on it. And can I just tell you, this is what makes a beautiful show for not just ourselves, but for other people, because I don't want people to feel like they're coming to our show and just jumping in and being like, yeah, me too, girl. Yes. And amen. I want, <laughs> I want this to inspire some change and to really get us to be thinking about the things that we, we find freedom from that we tell ourselves we should and shouldn't do. And so in He Said What, there's a couple of scriptures that I, I want us to walk through. Um, I'm just going to say the first one It is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. And if you've listened to me speak or our podcast at any point, we've said the scripture and over and over again. Let me read it for you. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according Amen. to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And that's 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. And okay, if we're going to teach and we're going to go through what he said, do you mind if I do just some teachability with what I'm kind of sensing from this passage? Sure. Let's go. Okay. So if we walk in the flesh, that could mean a lot of things, but I'm going to say this right now. I believe feelings are of flesh. They are attached, simpatico. They are with our flesh. They are natural responders and indicators that happen in our flesh. Um, I had somebody tell me recently, and I cannot get over this. Emotions, they like to move. Look at the word emotion. 
and circle the word motion within inside of it. Emotions, emotions like to move. Um, think of your emotions like a keyboard on a piano. You have white keys, you have black keys. And you could maybe divide it up and say that your white keys would represent some positive feelings that you have. And black keys could could even indicate some negative feelings that you have. Like, oh, I don't like that. Or, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, trust that right now. Or, oh, that makes me angry or that made me sad. But when you look at the actual instrumentation of a piano, the beauty comes from an artist that sits down and plays them both together. And this is where I really feel like the beauty comes from our walk with the Lord when we allow the emotions to move, <laughs> when, when they bear movement. Isn't that a beautiful analogy? Come on. And the thing when they told me this, it was a friend of mine, we were talking about this. Obviously, this has been a conversation I've been walking through. Um, mm -hmm. I started thinking about piano because I'm a, a, a little bit of a music nerd. I play piano. I play guitar. I, I know some things because I was a music major in college. Uh, the thing that I instantly thought of a little bit deeper was that a piano lives inside of a certain type of musical family. You have woodwinds, you have strings, you have percussion, you have like all these different things. Like you, you group them up in families, musical families is what they call them. And a piano all the time is confused with being a stringed instrument because it has strings that get hammered in the back of it when you press down on the key. So people naturally assume a piano is a stringed instrument, but the truth and reality is, is it is a percussive instrument. And now you're telling me, okay, think of your emotions as piano keys. Isn't this a, a remarkable analogy? Because think of it this way, the beauty doesn't come from us striking and, and stroking a feeling, okay? It comes from the beauty of it being put together and produce a melody while at the same time creating a tempo that other things can follow. Okay, so stay with me. If that's the case, I believe that our emotions are not just for stroking or not just for striking and saying, eh, you don't get to, no, 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 you don't get to surface up here. Or this feeling, I love it so much that I'm just going to stay on this mountaintop forever. I mean, I have Bible story after Bible story where there were people there that they were like, oh, Lord, if I could just stay on this mountain with you, tell me, give me the word. I'll build an entire place up here. and We'll stay here. You know, it, it's these emotional highs that we're like, if I could just stroke that for a while and make it make it be the thing that is my whole life. But the beauty in the instrumentation of a piano is that it sets tempo. It's actually a percussive instrument. It holds the beat and it keeps things moving steady. And I think that's what our feelings and our emotions are. They move us. They move us. They indicate to us, go, stop, pause, rest. Yeah. Get louder, get softer. You know, and, and I think we don't we don't lean into them as as Christians. I feel like this is actually a big missed opportunity in the church is to acknowledge that. Okay, so now the scripture. For if we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. So many people think, well, I, that means I'm not waging war against my brother. Brother so-and-so ticked me off, so I'm not going to be mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> what if this could right. be a little bit of a deeper of a thought? What if we assign our feelings as our flesh? And what if what if the scripture is saying that we really shouldn't wage war against our feelings? 
against our flesh. Like that's not what you're fighting. And it says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Okay, I'm going to explain it really quickly. You ready for this? When you have a feeling, the next natural thing is to have a thought. Mm -hmm. That thought is either truth or lie. The feeling I don't believe is truth or lie. I believe the thought Mm -hmm. that follows is. So if you have a thought right after it that becomes a truth or a lie, this is where the, the Bible in verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 is amazing, this passage. We mm-hmm. destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So here's the deal. Your flesh wants to tell you one thing. Your feelings want to tell you one thing. I'm feeling this way. And then you align a thought with it of, well, yeah, that's that's horrible. That's crappy. So I'm never, go back to my story. I'm never going to love somebody again. I'm mm-hmm. never going to trust somebody again. Do you see how my thoughts instantly responded to this negative emotion instead of going, oh, God, I know that that's not true about me. That you love me. That you've known me, like your word says, before I was even in my mother's womb. I know that you have plans for me, a hope and a future. I know that you make all things beautiful in its time. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I had a moment in that bathroom stall to align my thoughts with things that were really coming against, raging against the knowledge of what God says versus what my feelings were indicating. I need to do something with this sadness. I need to do something with it. I have a choice in my thoughts now. Will I partner with belief or doubt? And that doubt that I partnered with created, get this, a stronghold. Yeah. Sometimes we like to believe that strongholds are demonic forces, which they can be. I mean, according to scripture, really, they can be. But I really honestly believe that there are strongholds. It's just because we've aligned with so many thoughts that we did not take captive that raise themselves against what God says. And now that becomes our truth that we walk in and it dictates our behaviors. Okay, do you're you're just shaking your head? Yes, I, and I'm yet like, at the same time you're going. I don't know what's really going on behind your eyes. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a lot of heavy lifting of analyzation. Mm. Mm. Um. So let's talk in marketing terms. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do so, it. So great storytellers or you might see brands communicating by a pain point, right? So are mm. you sick of a messy house? That's a pain point everyone <laughs> can connect with. Um, so the pain point mm. of wanting to do this episode is that in big general statements, the church is shoving emotions away or ignoring, this is your thesis, correct? Right. The church right. is shoving emotions away or ignoring them or putting a bandaid over that emotion, not even giving people the space to take that next step of process. Is that correct? Sure. Or even accusing the emotion of being bad. I think the thoughts that follow are That's bad. That's it. Yes. And I okay. think that the emotion is not. So... So you're debunking the just say your emotion, your feelings, your emotions are a lie 
or they're bad. You're saying that's not true. That's what I'm finding. It's what I'm saying that emotions, emotions can be a lie. They can be bad, but they can also be really great. And what the conversation is missing is taking that step of the flesh, the feeling, the process, the, the emotion, and then holding that under the an- analyzation of why. Yeah. Yeah. And then what does God say about it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So something outside is falling down saying amen. Um, <laughs> a tree just fell down or something. It's getting wild out there. You might've heard it. Um, I think that was an amen to this because I agree. I agree with what you're saying. If you were to stop the conversation and say feelings are both feelings are good and you left at that, I'd be like, I disagree with you. Right. Feelings right. can be bad. Well, well, they are I don't unhealthy think or healthy. I was about right? to say, Again, I don't think they are good or bad. I think unhealthy. they're amoral. I think they don't have a moral compass. To be honest, I believe that they are indicators and responders. So yes, I I don't believe that there's good feelings. I think there's ones that lead us in a positive emotional state and ones that put us in a negative emotional state. I mean, obviously sadness doesn't feel good. Maybe right. sometimes it does though. I, have you had have you heard the phrase, have you had a good cry? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? So there's yeah. positive and negative in the way that we color them, but I think emotions move. They are moving and, and they're a, a part of our flesh. It's just part of how we respond. It's yeah. part of us indicating things going on internally. Well, if you were to say, make a list of feelings, I mean, this is like a preschool assignment, make a list yes. of, your, of types of feelings. It would be sadness, happiness, joy. Um, jealousy. Um, so some are fruits of the spirit. Some, if you took the feeling of jealousy and step that out, why am I responding this way? Mm. What does God say about it? Then that would help you put that emotion or feeling in check. I mean, we see, we see in the Bible, um, I pulled up some verses. I gotta be honest. I cheated. And I'm looking at desiringgod.com. So this is from them, which is a little reformed in thought. But they're they're sharing all these verses (laughs) that indicate feelings. Um, Mm, How they remembered his wondrous works in Psalms. How they meditated. Mm. How they confessed. How they gathered. How they cried. Mm. How they waited. This is expressing, right? All those things. Talking about doing that to the Lord. Confessing to the Lord. Meditating Mm -hmm. with him. Um, and, and then the, there's other, oh yeah, go ahead. The Psalms are also a feeling book. I mean, like uh, these mm-hmm. songs can't help but be emotional. As a matter of fact, yeah. I have a, a scripture here, Psalm 42, five, that mm-hmm. I've always looked at this one um, with the, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Okay, well, yeah. what I see in that that Psalm I don't see condemnation of the downcast soul or the disturbed soul. I see a declaration of, I feel this way. And yet my response is this. Mm -hmm. That's the, people should say, don't do like the, the church as a whole should be like, feel your feelings, but don't be crazy in your response. Like that's the sentence we really should be saying. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like check yourself. 
before yeah. you wreck yourself. I mean, and instead we hear, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. Jenny, right. that's what this episode's about is you shouldn't feel like that. Well, what if I told you you should? Your body's telling you feel this and then take it to the Lord with appropriate thoughts. Any one of them that raises their, sen- uh, their self against what God says, take it captive. Take yeah. it captive. And when think about a criminal. When you take a criminal captive, we've said this before, I'll say it over and over again. You have an option in our legal system when you arrest somebody. You take them before a judge. That judge either condemns them or sets them free. And this is what we're doing with thoughts that follow emotions. We're taking them captive. We're taking them to a righteous judge. And we're saying, all right, is this thought valid that I'm thinking from this emotion? Does it need to be set free to do some healing work in me because my emotions indicated something's up? Or does it need to be condemned? And you don't say that at all. Yeah. But instead we say, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. The thing, the thing that you're, I think, really challenging a thought on is emotion uh, in motion, having Come movement on. towards emotion, because Come on. it is hard if you have friendships or um, relationships or yourself, if you stay stuck in an emotion, oh. that's the go-to response. That's the go-to yes. emotion. Um, that can be paralyzing that can hold you back. So if your emotion is in motion, right? Cause then you're doing those other steps of why am I feeling this way? What's the thought behind it? How do I hold it under the light of the truth? Mm-hmm. Um, then you're in motion with that emotion and yep. that's not going to have you be stuck or paralyzed mm. towards, um, improvement or even joy. Like I have a friend who's the most mm. joy, like joy just oozes out of her pores to the point of, it's like, oh, it's like, give me some of that. The people she's around begin to walk yes. in joy. And like that, the motion of that emotion is others are getting to be joy filled because she is right. And wow. that's a fruit of the spirit. So it can yep. be both healthy and unhealthy. So it's, uh, reflecting on what is this emotion? How is it in motion? And um, what do I do with that? Right? Absolutely. And I think what you're saying with people being stuck in their emotions, this is when I say that some of your thoughts are preemptive and some of them are following going back to that chicken or the egg first kind of statement. Yeah. Cause you're right. You, not every thought follows an emotion. Some thoughts dictate our emotions. And I would dare say challenge those a little bit more because that's an indicator of a stronghold to me. Yeah. When you are able to feel because you think on it, that means that thought's taken a root in your life to go, I have made a decision to believe something that causes me to respond this way. And you are stuck in that emotional cycle. Yeah. Um, I was studying the I was studying the old testament the other day and it came up. <laughs> I, I can't even do it justice, but there's a verse on strongholds. And usually that word, we use it negatively. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a stronghold in your life. It's holding you back or it's holding you hostage. And and I, and we, I mean, that's the truth that can happen. But this verse was talking about um, the stronghold of God. And it makes me feel emotional. I'm feeling emotional. I'm moving through my mind. <laughs> Thinking about it just as as we can grab a hold of lies and false mm. thoughts and mm-hmm. painful things, we can just mm. as equally have a stronghold to God and his thoughts. Yes. 
and his truth Come on. than the things on. he calls out of us, um, which often in the midst of moving emotions is security, right? Wow. And love yeah. Yeah. and joy yeah. and not putting a bandaid over that, but yes. almost affirming and se- finding the security in the midst of it. So yes. when we're talking about strongholds, it goes both ways. It does. Can, it does. We can hold He's on to the truth or we can soul. hold on, yeah, on to the lies. Whoo, come on. Well, and this is where um, in our episode this past season four, where we said that I should identify the pain, we gave you some homework. And I want to do this to wrap up our he said what section. I want to give you homework again this week. And really leave your comments on this because I think it's opening a dialogue. I'm not saying authoritatively. I'm fully convinced I'm writing a book on it. This is my next thing. I'm absolutely, yeah, 100% sold. I'm just saying I'm asking the questions to maybe shut a should up because I know the opposite effect has kept me paralyzed Hmm. from being an emotionally mature person. And even more so, here's a greater danger it's done. It's opened a door to spiritual abuse because somebody else told me how to feel. So... If I don't want to do that, leave us with that can of worms. Well, I am. I am. Because here's the deal. If I don't want to do that any longer, I Mm -hmm. have to be okay to feel all the feels and go, I can trust that God created my feelings too. Okay. So here's your homework. Discernment. Yes, girl, come on. Here's your homework. Write down your emotions as they come up, especially the strong ones, right? Just just write down what emotion it is and however descriptive of a word that you can choose. If all you're feeling is sad, that's great. If you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling overwhelmed, whatever words that you have, write down the emotion. But then immediately, I want you to write on the right side of the page, the thought that accompanies it. Okay. And then I want you to identify this and pray through it. I want you to ask the Lord, is this an emotion that is indicating something to me that I have a stronghold or it needs to be changed? Or is it something that you're telling me I need to align with you in truth? Because it's a great emotion and I never felt this kind of thing before, you know? Um, Now, I will say this. It is not the stress of our feelings that cause us to build up strongholds. It's how we deal with them and what thoughts that we allow to align with them that create these strongholds. So be very mindful of your emotions aligned with your thoughts this week. That's just the homework. And then see what happens afterwards. Give us testimony upon testimony. Tell us what's going on in your life, how this week played out for you. Um, But listen, we could talk for another hour. I just feel like the only thing left we have to do is pray, close it out, and then hear from you, hear back from you. You've heard our heart on this. Maybe we'll have another discussion at another point and some different wisdom that we bring to the table. But for right now, I think this has been a great episode just to get the conversation started. Hey, let's pray. Jenny, I'm going to just rapid. Come yeah, on. let me rapid fire pray, pray this moment. Father God, I thank you for uh, everyone that's feeling the feelings, Lord. And if mm. we're not feeling the feelings, Lord, give us the feelings to feel. And God, I pray that we uh, see those feelings in motion. We learn to turn them into thoughts and identify the behaviors and then hold them in light Mm. of the truth of who you are and who you've invited us to be. God, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of those listeners. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This has been a fun conversation and a challenging one, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. But until next time, 
shut the shit up, everybody. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.